What's going on, fam? The, welcome to the Get the Bag podcast, episode 37. Yep, moving, yep. Moving, moving on up. Getting Let's close go. to getting getting past my age here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's going on? Hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday. Um, as I always mention, feel free to like, subscribe, follow us on Instagram. Um, we tune in every Wednesday morning at 8 a.m. PST, 11 a.m. Eastern. Um, but I'm really excited because this is the fifth part of the six-part series uh, right. where we're going to be talking about today is dispo or also dispositions. Uh, what does What is dispositions? Uh, what does that process look like? We're going to talk a little bit about what our experience has been like, um, what are some things if you're starting out to look out for, um, and kind of the, the struggles of it all. We're just going to keep it real. Um, so over the past couple of weeks, we've gone through the various, we've really broken down the real estate wholesaling process of like running a business and the different sectors. So we talked about the first week was administration. Mm -hmm. uh, the second week marketing third was acquisition, uh, last week, or I guess no lead management. I'm sorry. Was right. the third week acquisitions was last week, and now we're on the fifth, which is dispositions. So uh, we're gonna break that down for you guys, and um, you know, feel free to comment. Uh, you know, if you have any questions, reach out to us. Whatever the case may be. So dispositions is, I I I say dispositions is harder than mm -hmm. acquisitions, in my opinion, because with acquisitions. There's only so many scenarios. I mean, there's always going to be various scenarios that come up when you're speaking to sellers directly, like, you know, you're solving problems, right? But with dispositions, sometimes if it can feel like it's out of your control, whether it's with the title company and the certain title company you're dealing with, the buyers, you know, and their funding, mm -hmm. um, it can be many things. It can be, um, you know, title issues that come up or maybe, you know, some issues with the liens where you also have to get creative and solve problems as well. So ultimately with whatever sector you're in, like you're, you're, you're solving problems, but the type of cases or scenarios that come up in dispositions, like you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, it's important to have a process down of like, you know, this is, this is our process, especially as you hand it off, but you kind of have to um, really train your disposition. You have to have really strong disposition managers um, who kind of know what they're doing. So uh, we'll be talking a little bit about that, kind of what our experience has been like. Um, so I know, uh, Tim, you've done like virtual wholesaling, which is really wholesaling, but it's just mm -hmm. you're not doing it in your own backyard. And you've also done deals in your own backyard as well. So right. walk me through what your disposition process has been like. Um, what are things to kind of look out for uh, when it comes to that? Yeah, sure. The I think in the beginning it was a little bit uh, different than it is now just because, you know, you're new and you're not sure exactly what the process is until you kind of gone through it. And um, I think me finding the buyer and then, um, you know, the buyer saying, yeah, they are interested and then moving on to the next next stage by providing them um, with the information, them going, setting the appointment for them to go out there. Um, so this is all a part of the process of disposition, right? And then once they say yes, sending them an assignment agreement 
um, and then having them sign that and then sending that off to the title company or escrow company that you currently have um, that you're working with. And then there goes into another stage of, okay, now escrow has started. Um, oh, the most important thing is getting the EMD in so they can start <laughs> the process, right? right? So um, before, you know, early I had to put in the EMD for um, during his money deposit mm-hmm. for uh, my deals. But now I have a relationship with the title company and escrow companies where I can wait until the buyer actually puts in the escrow before we start the process. So um, I'm not using my own money to actually... Uh, start the escrow process mm-hmm. uh, so and, and that you'll you'll build that up because um it's a relationship based with the and you know that's all a part of this position too is your relationship with your buyer relationship with the escrow company uh, title mm-hmm. company so um and then from there it's just you know you're waiting on your communication with the title or escrow company back and forth Making, mm-hmm. your, making sure if you're JVing with somebody, there's another uh, process there to where if you're partnering with someone that brought you the deal or you brought someone to the deal and they have the buyer, um, just making right. sure everybody's in communication. Um, <clears throat> and then having the escrow company have all those emails so everybody's kind of CC'd in, in the right way. And then mm-hmm. making sure the escrow or title company doesn't mess up by sending communication to <laughs> the buyer the seller right so um you know any can anything can happen during that process when it's in the title company like you said liens can come up um you know taxes back taxes um so it's it it is um maybe a stressful time exciting exciting but stressful time because you just don't know what's going to happen and right. something new always does happen or something comes up but like you said we have to be problem solvers and find a Mm -hmm. way to uh, resolve that issue if there's no resolve you know we'll have to um, cancel it and then move on and sometimes you have to do that so right um, yeah not holding on to the deals too long right which i think a lot of people do um just especially if it's your first deal you kind of want to hold on to it but you have to consider like if really you have to kind of, that's where it's like kind of part of your process, right? Like how long do I hold on to the contract? Obviously in the original agreement where it's like closed within certain, certain number of days, you want to make sure you stay in that, but it's like for how long, like what, what is your process? Mm -hmm. Okay. A week to do the due diligence or two weeks to do the due diligence, which is like sending buyers to, um, to see the uh, property, um, mm-hmm. taking bids, right? Um, right. you know, and, and everyone has a different process. And so this is where it's important. Like you'll kind of figure out your flow sort of thing. And what we we're talking about too, is it's almost a combo. Cause when you're starting out, we're wearing different hats, like some, you know, mm-hmm. what we've talked about, we're sort of talking also like as a transaction coordinator, which is a completely different like, um, section we'll talk about next week, but they kind of bleeds into dispo when you're mm-hmm. starting out because you're kind of the dispo like once it's under contract you kind of put on your dispo and your transaction mm-hmm. coordinator hat but dispo they're really like the closers so to speak yep. like once once um they get it uh locked up they're then you know starting a, a process there so mm-hmm. um you know it, it's really important that you 
have that dialed down or like just kind of figure it as you go. Like Tim said, like he created that relationship with the title company because um, that's one of the probably one of the hardest thing, which is really important that you're networking with other uh, investors or other wholesalers if asking what are investor friendly title companies? Because how many mm-hmm. people have we talked to is like my title company killed my deal because that, that <laughs> will be that will happen uh, if you're not on top of your title. If your title company doesn't really know what's going on, doesn't understand wholesaling or anything like that, like that can kill your deal. So you're having to do more work up front to have to communicate with that. So, you know, um, we're kind of, we're going to kind of go back and forth between transaction coordinator and, and, um, and disposition, but disposition is really, um, people who are, are the closers. So we talked mm-hmm. about like acquisitions is, is sort of, you know, um, getting, understanding the leads, uh, you know, if they're able to, to close, they, they can, but they're sort of like the setters of, of getting, of acquiring these leads, um, and then they're sort of um, passing it off. And then the dispo, dispo person sort of understands from there, like, okay, I have it under contract. This is going to be the process. Mm-hmm. Work with the transaction coordinator um, to who really works with the title company. But when you're on your own, you're sort of doing all of these things at once. So, right. um, you know, th- th- there's a lot that goes that goes into it. Um, with with these things so you know it's important to sort of understand what that process is or you know working on that and then you can kind of create your own sort of flow yeah definitely and i think you know early when you're doing the process you're you're still don't have a lot of buyers and you're still kind of shopping it around a little bit and and you're doing the traditional things like facebook groups or you know um just kind of you're doing the prop stream hack with finding Mm -hmm. cash buyers. So I think Mm -hmm. that whole process is when you hone hone it down a little bit and have, you know, one or one to probably five buyers that you can go to consistently and um, know exactly what they're looking for. The process gets a little bit easier as well, especially in the markets that you're working and um, you know, and you don't have to ask for proof of funds all the time and, all of that. So it, it just gets into a easier process and quicker process for you to close. Right. And the disposition person, really their responsibility is to talk to as many buyers is, is creating those relationships with the buyers. So, um, sometimes, um, people hire VAs to talk Mm -hmm. to buyers, but you know, sometimes that can be a pro and con and sometimes language barriers. So maybe you want somebody who's, really strong in English to call these, uh, cash buyers. Um, cause again, ult- ultimately it's about relationships, right? Like yeah. whether it's with the title companies or real estate attorneys or, uh, buyers, cash buyers, um, hedge funds, whatever you want to create these relationships because, um, you want to find a way to stand out where it's like, Hey, if I send you a deal, they'll, they'll, you, you guys will have that relationship built you know, set in place. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, that's where it's like, you want to create a process of like, I know people who call cash buyers every day, right. Or like mm-hmm. spend an hour cold calling cash buyers, pull a list from listors, like how you were mentioning, Tim. Um, this is uh, my list of cash buyers. I'm just going to go through and, and call and see if they're buying and mm-hmm. take notes of their criteria. So it's completely opposite of uh, acquisitions or like the marketing side where you're marketing to sellers 
the dispo in a way they're also mar- like part of their job is also marketing to to uh buyers and being like right. hey you know we're uh we're investors we run across a ton of properties um we're just looking to you know create relationships and you'll you'll either f- you can find uh, not only cash buyers but maybe um lenders maybe they're also mm-hmm. lenders uh, maybe they you know they're contractors like you name it um so now you've ha- kind of built a vip list um and understand what these buyers are looking for so when you do have mm-hmm. a deal um you can just be like hey this fits your criteria are you interested so reverse engineering that um is really important in the disposition process that i think people don't really focus on. And it wasn't something I focused on. Um, in the beginning, I was just solely like just acquisitions. Cause I was like, well, let me get a deal and then I can figure it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same process is too, like with agents, right? Like yeah. dispo, um, person can also call brokers, agents. Um, again, it's all like relationship based at, um, at, at this point. So something yeah. really, really important that I don't think people probably do that enough. Cause I know I didn't do it as much as I'm doing it at now. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think at first you're just excited about the deal and then you're just trying to go through that process. And then later you're like, okay, there has to be an easier way in having a pool of buyers is going to be your easiest way to do that. So you actively have to find these buyers or communicate and network with these buyers to make sure that um, you're providing them with quality um, deals um, that they're actually looking for. Right. Exactly. So, um, again, the uh, dispo consists of many things like, mm-hmm. um, it's also how you structure deals. Cause sometimes, you know, as beca- you become more experienced and maybe have some funds of close some deals, you know, you may get under contract, go and take a look at the property and be like, Oh, it's not as, as bad as I originally thought. Maybe I should wholetail this, or maybe mm-hmm. I want to keep this. So you may want to structure the deal a little bit differently. Maybe originally you were considering as a wholesale deal. And how many people run into this where they're like, you know, have a decision to make. I can make 20 grand, a quick 20 grand as a wholesale deal, or um, I could keep it and make this much. So it, that's where you can kind of structure it. And as you learn more, you kind of have these opportunities to, um, have these decisions. Uh, obviously when you're starting out, like you just want to wholesale it right away, unless it's like a super grand opportunity and, um, you kind of already know some information, but, um, this is the important part of like having a strong disposition manager that understands your business model as well of like, uh, and, and seeing the signs of like, oh, actually, um, you know, I'm still going through the process. I'm still, bet, uh, you know, marketing to buyers, marketing this deal to buyers. Um, but now that I take a look at it, actually, I think I want to keep it or I want to wholetail it. Uh, and we mm-hmm. can maybe do another segment on what wholetailing is because sure. n- not many people um, understand what, what that is. And I think in this market, I think more people are doing that. So as you get more knowledge and uh, obviously, the more you expose yourself, the more knowledge you'll gain. You'll start understanding these as deals come across and knowing what a good deal is. Yeah, yeah. And I think um, that's why I love real estate, because as you get into these deals, there's more options for you to kind of um, have a strategy on which way you what direction you're going to go on on a close of a property. Right. And right at first when you're starting out, it's just one goal is just the wholesale. But as you get more experience and get into more deals, 
then I think it's, it, you have more options and you, you learn that process along the way and, you know, and then restructuring the deal to make sure that it fits your strategy going forward for that particular property. Right. Exactly. So with the dispositions uh, on the acquisition side, or even sometimes dispositions, if they need to close a deal, um, but usually they're like, like I said, they're managing the buyer side. Um, you have an assignment agreement. And I think we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The purchase and sale agreement is that initial agreement between you and the seller. And then you have the assignment agreement, which mm -hmm. is you literally assigning that purchase agreement with the seller to the buyer for a higher price than what you got it under contract for. That's what an assignment agreement is. Um, if anybody needs a copy again, I think we in a couple episodes or a couple weeks ago, we talked about um, some resources. I think Kong is one of them flip with mm -hmm. Rick. Yep. Even Pace Morby has some assignment agreements. Of course, you want to review with an attorney to make sure everything's good, but usually they they have all the clauses and everything. Um, so they're the ones sending the agreement once it's like, because again, it's, it's all about a process, right? You want to think about your process, especially if you're doing it virtually. Who's your boots on the ground? Um, who's going to go see the appointment? Who's going to go manage the appointment if it's not you because you live maybe across the country? Um, sure. you know, you need somebody trustworthy, so you need to build in a process. So once you find somebody um, boots on the ground and people have talked about, it doesn't have to be, uh, somebody you hire. It can be a real estate agent who does it. It could be, mm -hmm. um, from what I heard as well is like key, uh, locksmiths, mm -hmm. uh, anybody who's like, just is constantly surrounded by like houses or is always visit visiting houses. You can pay these people. And be like, hey, you know, just be discreet. Because um, this is where it can be tricky where buyers like run into each other or maybe they run into the seller. They're not supposed to talk. You know, you have to mm -hmm. set guidelines and rules. So you're like, hey, here's an appointment window from this day to this day. Um, you have, you know, until this day to, you know, give me your price. Um, you know, these are all like moving pieces of part of the dispo process once you get it under contract with the seller and then start that process. And some people, it, it depends on what their process is. Some people like to put in the EMD and um, mm -hmm. the agreements that with the seller with, um, with the title company or real estate attorney first, just to start the title process so that when um, the, the title company is, the title is ready to go, they already have a buyer and they just send over the assignment. But um, my process is more, I like to have both documents first, mm -hmm. um, before I send it in. Cause I'm like, okay, if it's, if I'm marketing for a week or two, um, I'm just going to package it to the title company to make it a super streamlined process. Um, but it really varies. I, I think maybe you do the same, Tim. I'm not sure if you usually mm -hmm. in the past have, uh, give that to the title company first. Yeah. Uh, in the past I've given like the purchase agreement first and then um i even gave them emd and all of that mm -hmm. yeah same. before you know and then now my process is similar to yours where i have every, all the pieces together and then i have the buyer actually lined up to um, send the emd on a certain time frame because that's laid out in the assignment agreement as well too mm, right. um 
even though we're assigning that purchase agreement, um, I just reiterate that in, into the assignment agreement as well. So there's no loss in communication on when the EMD is supposed to be due to the title right. company. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's really important too that you get a deposit from the buyer, um, a separate deposit that doesn't include the EMD. Or sometimes the way I, I've, I've done it, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm asking 10 grand from the buyer as a deposit on the deal but maybe 500 of it goes towards the EMD. Um, mm -hmm. So that's usually how I've done it too. Instead of them doing two separate, they just kind of, cause it's all in one, one clean um, process. Right. Um, but it's really important in your assignment agreement. It's not valid. And this usually, if you have a, a pretty good assignment agreement, that's listed there that this assignment is not valid until one, it's signed from both you and the buyer and two, that the deposit that the actual deposit that's in, in the assignment agreement is given to the title company. I've had situations to where um, the buyer signed it, but they never they went they ghosted like they never mm. um, funded the title company. They just signed it and then just left it like that because they also knew, hey, it's not valid unless I give mm -hmm. a deposit. So I'm not you know. But with that, you want to give it. You want to set a guideline where it's like, okay. If they're not, if they're ghosting me, if I'm not hearing from them for a day, then I need to move on. Cause again, time kills deals. So yep. it's all about speed in real estate because you don't want to, you know, keep the seller waiting or the tile company like asking questions. You want to keep things moving. So it's really important that you understand those things and that, and that you, that there's also a timeline in the agreement that's like, if this isn't, um, you know, you have one business day to deposit the mm -hmm. sign this and to deposit um, the amount to the title company, a, a real estate attorney. So these are important things because you don't want it. Buyers, you know, they run across a ton of deals. So you really have to stand your ground and be really um, strong in like how you set up your, your process with that because they'll just take advantage of you if needed. Um so that's uh, something really important that I think some people have been gypped. Like I, I've known so many people that, um, you know, how buyers view, and this is another part of the disposal process that is also like buyers not liking how much you're making. Mm -hmm. um, or, you know, I had a deal where the buyer ran out of funds and that's why they didn't put in the deposit, but they signed or, you know, you name it. There's all these little like scenarios that you have to deal with. That's just like unnecessary, but Mm -hmm. It's going to happen. No deal is like perfect. Yeah. No. I mean, some of the things you can do to kind of save you um, some, you know, headache is n not allow or allowing a non-refundable EMD. So right. that means that if they don't execute in a certain amount of time, then you, you get to keep the EMD. Um, so you're not at a total loss, but um, you can kind of keep on moving from there because the title company will probably uh, refund it back to you. Um, so instead of the seller, because that's what it says in the assignment agreement, not the mm -hmm. contract. Right. So, right, right. so you just got to make sure that the language is, is correct in there and just always advised, you know, my advice is always, um, you know, uh, check with your attorney and make sure they, they look at it and have the right verbiage for that. Um, right. But, I think, um, you know, when you, the EMD can be worked out 
uh, no matter what. But also like proof of funds is very important to make sure you, you, you might be excited about the buyer, but you forgot to ask for proof of funds. I've done it before. Mm-hmm. And, but luckily I never, I had, I didn't get burned on it, but um, you know, proof of funds is very important when you start, you, you're interviewing that buyer and making sure that buyer has the right funds for that particular property as well. Yeah, that's, that's huge. And that is also part of the dispo process as well. So this is where like, we may be kind of dancing yeah, around like different, yeah, we are. Yeah. Um, but like, either, I mean, either way, like if we kind of like have it, you have it under contract with a seller, um, you pass it on to, um, well, this is where it's interesting because you pass it on maybe to, if you have a full team, the transaction coordinator to communicate with the seller and the title company, right? Like mm-hmm. that's usually, and we'll talk about that next week, but then the dispo person starts their own process of like, okay, I'm going to start marketing, um, to, uh, buyers. This is my VIP list. Um, with, I know I vetted myself going through what we talked about of like asking for proof of funds. Um, maybe you've done a few deals together, so, you know, they can close those are, that's the kind of your VIP list. Um, mm-hmm. you're e- doing a mass email to them, maybe like depending on their responses, you'll kind of coordinate, like see from there, but you're also setting up a time. You're like, okay, we need to set up a time to go see the property. Um, these are the specific buyers I have. Um, so I'm going to, you know, move forward with that. And then, um, depending on that, it, it can be many things. So there's also other scenarios where you, you want to start the process too, is, um, that comes up is also doing like a memorandum, right. Which is like, mm-hmm. you going to, is it, is it the County or something to like, say like, Hey, I'm, I am the sole buyer to, or, you know, have this under contract right? because what happens and this happens to a lot of new people, if it's a really good deal or if it's a good property that maybe other people have been following up on, um, people may have it under contract, but they never set a memorandum. And so somebody else does, does, um, and mm. so they have the right to wholesale it or buy it from them. Um, and then you take it to the title company because maybe the seller decided to go with you or whatever. And then it turns out like, no, there's a memorandum filed on this property. Um, you cannot buy it yeah. or you cannot, you know, do anything yeah. with it. So this is where I mean, like, and dispo there's all these scenarios that come up it hasn't <laughs> happened to me quite yet knock on wood um right, but right, you know right. this is where you want to having your process down is super super key um if you know this is like a really good deal um but i kind of sidetracked there but those are things that can happen like throughout the the, the dispo process um, but once you have a buyer you 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 set a deadline okay buyers you have until Friday at 5 p.m. to give me all your offers. Once that's set and you pick the best offer. And sometimes you want to go with the highest offer. But again, it, it also depends on like the relationship. If it's a newer buyer that offered you a little bit more, you have to also vet the process. Because I never go in. I've learned not to go in like money motivated. Like, yeah, oh, they're can. offering me more. But I don't really know this person. I've worked with this person. So I know I can count on them. Sometimes it's like. Just go with what you know. Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes if it's a hot enough deal, like where you have various bids, you can negotiate with buyers too. Like you have, like that's the thing as a wholesaler, you have the control. Sometimes, um, you know, yep. wholesalers, especially new, they don't think like they have that control. Um, and it's like, no, you can negotiate with buyers. It's easy for them. To, they're throwing out their best price. 
but doesn't mean mm -hmm. you can't come back with a price, especially if it's a hot deal. Right. So once you get a price down, you send the assignment agreement, you ask for the non-refundable deposit, you package that over to the title company, title company starts the title search, and then it's like, okay, on to the next deal. That's the whole premise of this on to the next deal. Um, right. Cause you have to, and that's how you really systemize it. Um, but during that process, the title process issues can come up title issues or seller this or buyer that. Um, so that's where having a transaction coordinator is really helpful, which we'll talk about next week because um, that's their sole purpose is solving those problems. Um, yeah. So that, but when we're on our own, we're, we're dispositions <laughs> and we have to transition to transaction coordinator to solve the problems with the title company and then go back. So it can be really distracting. You guys can kind of see how it can be really conflicting where it's like, Hey, I want to move on to the next deal or focus on my acquisitions, but I have to, you know, prioritize these follow-ups. So it can be really, it can be really stressful. Um, so it's, a, this is why like kind of delegating things so you can focus on what's most important is the best thing. So that's sort of like the process, um, of, of what, um, you're setting up, um, you know, you're getting that assignment agreement and moving on and, and getting paid and moving on to the next one. It's just a repetitive process. It's not very mm -hmm. complicated. Everyone yeah. will have their own, but it's just figuring out what, what works best for you. Yeah. And I think my advice is just to, uh, you know, actively look for buyers all the time and, you know, I know we didn't do that when we first started, but I mean, even if you don't have a deal, still actively look for buyers just right. because, you know, you're in that market, you're going to lock up a deal and you need to find out what's their buy box or what their criteria is for, you know, uh, purchasing uh, property in that area, whether it's right. just land or whether it's a you know, two bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, one bath, what condition, what the year is, all, all those, that information is important to each buyer. Right. So just, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's the, that's the biggest thing. And, um, I think people always say like, why talk to buyers if you don't have a deal? I mean, if you have a deal, it's great. Yeah. Um, but it's, it doesn't hurt to just reach out and be like, Hey, I'm, I'm a new investor or maybe just say, I'm, Hey, I'm an investor. Um, and you know, I, I run across a ton of properties that sometimes don't fit my criteria. Like, you know, I'm happy to pass it over to you, um, and just have a conversation. Not everyone's going to be nice or welcoming. Um, some people would be like, no, I'm not buying right now or what, whatnot, but that should be a consistent mm -hmm. thing that you're doing in your business. Uh, something I, ju I just started doing as well on a weekly basis is I'm reaching out to brokers or agents uh, or any sort of investors to see. And sometimes, too, while you're talking to sellers, they're going to be like, I'm buying right now. Add me to your buyers list. So right. don't don't think that you can only um, only the dispositions or calling buyers directly will get you buyers. Like sometimes the sellers are buyers themselves. Um, and I know many people who've closed plenty of deals with original sellers who said they were yeah. buyers. So, um, yeah. don't ever think somebody who says, no, I'm not interested. Like ask that follow-up question of, um, well, do you have other properties? And usually they'll be like, no, uh, I do. I, I have other properties, but I'm not interested, but I am, I am looking to buy uh, these savvy, uh, buyers will kind of know, um, what to look out for. They know, usually know wholesalers. Um, so always keep your eyes and ears open because you never know who you're going to speak with. Um, next. So um, yeah, I mean, that's uh, in a 
nutshell of 30 minutes. That's kind of I know, the disposition right? process. Um, I think, yeah, Tim, you dropped tons of gems on, uh, on just putting yourself out there, of like consistently thinking of like reaching out to sellers, not just, um, or reaching out to buyers, not just, mm -hmm. um, focusing on, on the seller side. Um, and then once you close some deals, you can start like delegating to that, um, to those respective roles. But, um, this has been fun, uh, you know, just kind of breaking that down, uh, next week, we will be talking about transaction coordination, uh, or coordinator, I should say, which again, it kind of bleeds in between Dispo and, and with Dispo as well, as we talked about, like they work very closely together, um, because mm -hmm. it's on the tail end of a deal. Um, you know, they're the ones communicating with the title company. So that should be really great. Um, we hope you got a lot out of it. Um, Tim, anything before we head out? No, um, I think the, the series is winding down, but I think um, there's just if you haven't watched the previous, um, you know, podcast or listened to other podcasts in this series, I would definitely go back and, um, you know, start from the beginning and then um, just catch up with us because, you know, there's more gems to be be um, be had um, going yeah. forward in in our last series coming up. So yeah, at, next you know, week. Excited. Yep. I know. I was like six uh, six weeks. We've been going down, and what's really great, what I'm hoping you guys get out of this is, if you guys ever run into a question or whatever about acquisitions or lead management, you guys can go to that specific episode where we talk about um, that respective, um, topic or, um, section or department, I should really say. And you guys can like learn about that or, Hey, I'm stuck in this. Let me go check out the acquisitions. So that, that was a whole purpose of creating this. So hope you guys get a lot out of it. Don't forget to subscribe, um, follow us on Instagram. Um, our Instagram or get the bag podcast. Instagram is get underscore the bag podcast, uh, reach out to us there. Um, but really hope you guys got a ton out of this. Uh, reach out to us here if you have any questions and tune in next week. We'll be finishing up the last part of our series, which is transactions or transaction coordinator. Don't want to miss that. Uh, appreciate you guys. Have a great day and we'll uh, talk to you later. All right. Thanks, fam. Bye.